All right, everybody, welcome to the Eternal Leadership Podcast. This is a really special episode for me. First of all, I'm sitting here actually in person. We're not recording over Zoom with Pete Kettler. So, Pete, welcome to the podcast. Hey, welcome. Thanks. And um, Greg Lorden, who is a podcast listener who's here in Colorado, uh, reached out to me and said, hey, there's somebody you have to know. His name is Pete Kettler, and um, you are 68 uh, 76. 76. Well, I wasn't even close. 76, but you're really at the end of your life. Right. You've been diagnosed with cancer. Right. The end is really right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And when Greg called me, he just shared what a powerful man of God you are, what an influence that you've had in his life, and really what the relationship the two of you has meant for Greg. And I know you've done that for many, many, many people. So everybody listening... Uh, Pete has also written a book called Life on Life, this practice of spiritual mentoring. And as Pete and I were also talking about this interview, which might be one of your last interviews, right. not only the power of mentoring, but what does it mean? Because Pete, you asked me, you know, this whole concept of, hey, how do we die to ourselves before we actually die? Exactly. And boy, is that real. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what we're going to be talking about, everybody, today is uh, Pete... In your wisdom and how you've worked with people as a spiritual mentor, because what we're the goal of this, what we just talked about before we hit record, is to really create this a transformational change in not only who we are, but I think how we see ourselves. Right? Uh, it's transforming ourselves from seeing that person in the mirror to seeing the person God sees. Transforming ourselves from wondering about what's we should do and what's God's will for us to transforming that to what is God's will and what he's doing in the world and what we need to do to change and adapt and grow to join God in what he's already doing, right? It's about focusing on God and the kingdom versus ourself, Mm. Mm. right? Because I don't think we can fear or revere the Lord if we're really self-focused. And there's so much to unpack, right? How do we truly abide in the Lord? So we're really going to be talking about... So with that, uh, Pete, I would love yeah. to just have you share a little right. bit of, of your story, yeah. your background, and your journey. You've had a you've uh, great introduction, by the way, uh, not by way of who I am, but more what I've been about. I'm flattered to uh, be on the program, so to speak. I'm not sure I measure up to some of these guys, but hopefully um, my experience has. And so I'd like to frame this in terms of the transformational power of mentoring. So by way of uh, background, mentoring has been an absolute passion of mine for 40 plus years. I've actually had a burden for men and their plight. Um, After all, I are one, right? <laughs> and a lot of this comes out of my stuff. Uh, John, I've had, I've had a lot of stuff, uh, woundedness and that kind of thing. And so in the process of working uh, through my stuff, I've also worked with other guys, and it's been very redemptive. And so that's kind of where I'm... Uh, coming from, I think that there is a lot of uh, woundedness and role confusion with men these days. There's an identity problem. You know, who are we? Who are we supposed to be? What does it mean to be a real man, an authentic man of God? Dr. Robert Lewis um, gives a great definition of that, but uh, we will as we develop this. But uh, so in the meantime, over 40 years, I have been mentoring uh, guys one-on-one and then small groups. Mm -hmm. Um, Currently have two small men's groups but then have gone on to do retreats and conferences around some material uh, content that I've developed 
the main template is what I call the journey of transformation, the stages of a man's spiritual development. And then here recently, a film friend of mine who I've actually mentored for 30 years, he's gone on to be a rock star, uh, has done a series of podcasts. And then most recently, three weeks ago, I gave a talk that was filmed, recorded over at Narrowgate, Bo Mitchell's mm -hmm. men's ministry. And that was more around this dying before you die, uh, capturing uh, where I am now, but have been. Uh, you'll see, I, I think the key to life is actually death, mm. dying to self. So we'll get to that. But if I may, um, a little more about mentoring, just so... You know, people ask me if I have a curriculum, a program for mentoring. Absolutely not. Uh, that would kill it for me and, I think, the guy I'm working with. Uh, this is more organic mm -hmm. than that. Uh, it is Holy Spirit-driven. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's life on life. It's... Everything comes out of the relationship. Um, you know, guys want to fix stuff, John. And uh, it's very true, isn't it? Yeah, and yet we we don't want to be fixed. We want to be heard. Uh, we want to be known for who we who we really are. Known, accepted, loved. So that's the context here. Um, so let's get into mentoring, at least my version of it. Now, we don't have time uh, for the how-to and the do's and the don'ts. What I'd like to do is to, well, do four things uh, fairly quickly. To recast the vision mm -hmm. for mentoring redefine mentoring in a, a practical, realistic way. Talk about the attitude of a mentor and then finally put it in the context of story and my story. Okay. So that's kind of where I'm heading. So with regard to recasting the vision, I think we need a new vision I think we've lost our vision. Uh, there needs to be a new definition, a more workable one that guys can really understand. And again, as I say, mentoring to me is more about the relationship. Everything comes out of the relationship. So mentoring is, and for some people it is, but for me it is not a matter of teaching or discipleship. Okay. It's not. It's something different. And I, I want to talk I, about How do you think people yeah. think of or, or view mentorship currently? Yeah, I think more um, uh, stringent, uh, such that it's uh, imparting information. I would say... No, it starts with gathering information, um, learning about uh, the person, their story, and entering into it in the context of God's greater story. So uh, there is teaching, and that's good. There is discipleship, and that's good. But that is more of a one-way. This is a two-way street. I've got a chapter in my book. I'm glad you asked. It's called The Mutuality of mentoring. Mm. And it isn't, John, just one way. It is give and take and back and forth. And if there isn't that dynamic, I don't think it's mentoring. I have learned more from my guys than maybe I have imparted. 
and we grow, we've grown together, mm-hmm. and I've grown. Uh, so teaching, discipleship, uh-uh. it's the relationship. Yeah. Yeah, good question. So the word um, mentoring and the whole concept um, was really popular 20-plus years ago. But I believe that it has um, really uh, died out. You don't hear about it as much. And I think there are reasons uh, for that. Number one, it wasn't properly defined. As I say, I think it was made to seem too hard. It was thrown out there, and guys felt like they didn't qualify to be a mentor. Well, I'm not a teacher, I'm not a Bible student. When in fact, uh, many guys are qualified just through life experience. It's uh, passing on. Uh, And so then the relationship between the mentor and the mentee, if you will, um, wasn't uh, really understood. And then Uh, churches came along, I know our church, and tried to program this thing. Mm -hmm. And you can't program it. I remember uh, they matched me up with a young man who wasn't ready to be mentored. He had all the answers, and we met a few times, and I just said, uh, uh, Doug, you don't need a mentor yet. And so... Let me actually now uh, cast the vision, uh, if I may. This Mm -hmm. is at least my vision. I want to read it because I've spent some time trying to narrow it down, and then we'll talk about it. But the if, so here's the vision for mentoring. If the goal of life is growth to maturity, and fulfilling our God-given purpose, then, I believe, mentoring is the most effective means to facilitate that growth. Now, that's quite a statement, but I mean that. Uh, It's been borne out in my life. So there are other ingredients, obviously. Uh, The word... (laughs) <laughs> it all starts with the uh, word and prayer and uh, community and all the other disciplines. But without mentoring someone to walk through this, you know, men in particular, John, um, we're loners. Yeah. And alone, we can talk ourselves into anything. We're very good at rationalizing. Thank you. That's the word. Yeah. And making... And we also want to be seen, I think, you know, you talked earlier about identity, right? Sometimes we want to see, we see ourselves or we want to view ourselves as that person that is decisive, confident, knowledgeable, which then limits us from reaching out for people to speak into our lives. Totally. Show us our blind spots. Give us some of that feedback that we really need to hear. Because sometimes that we know that feedback is going to even be counter to how we either see ourselves or want to see ourselves. So we actually proactively set up situations where we're not hearing that. Right. Absolutely. But now that is not us growing into our to maturity or our full potential. Or and there's no way to really connect to, you know, you think of Ephesians two ten, right? Those good works that God planned before we were even here, mm-hmm. we're not going to step into those if we're limiting right. ourselves. God, you know, God doesn't have the limits, Absolutely. but we can impose those limits. Absolutely, yeah. He created us for community, and I think the most, uh, uh, yeah, small groups are great and everything, but the, the most effective, the most efficient, is one-on-one. Life on life, mm-hmm. and uh, we're calling it mentoring. So if that's the solution, uh, what's the problem? And the problem is actually getting men together in a mentoring relationship to facilitate that growth. I mean, it's so frustrating to me. Uh, John, you've got this 
resource over here, mm-hmm. and you've got this need, even a want, and they just, they're passing in the night. Actually, it's not horizontal, it's vertical. It's generational, not that you have to be that much older, but it's um, frustrating. Uh, there's so much potential, but it goes largely untapped. Mentors have an inherent responsibility to pass on what they've learned. And young men need and actually want a guide to show them the way. But the problem from the mentee's standpoint, if you will, most men were not shown the way. Not by their fathers, Mm. not by other men. Uh, That has... um, really uh, lapse as we've moved into all the industrial and technological ages. And so it's sad. Um, Most men have to learn the hard way Mm -hmm. through trial and error, and it causes frustration and anger. There is underlying anger in men and for good reason, uh, going all the way back to the fall of man, where Adam abdicated, went cold, and passed on this passivity to us. But America, just putting it in context in particular, I think has lost the art of passing down such rituals as um, male initiation, rite of passage, uh, all but gone. Uh, so yeah, we have nothing like in the bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah of the Jewish tradition. There, there, kids just progress until they graduate high school and then they graduate college. Those are kind of the big demarcations. Absolutely. It's not it has nothing to do with the spiritual journey. No, no. or their maturity as men or women at all. Yeah, uh, Richard Rohr, who I read almost all of his stuff. I, I don't agree with all of this stuff, but wow, around men, he is spot on. He talks about life's five essential truths, and we're not telling the truth mm. to our, our men. So the other side of the problem, it seems to me, is um, from the potential mentor standpoint. Again, there's a wealth of wisdom and experience that older men possess that goes virtually untold. Again, we don't have that mentoring culture. We have an independent mindset. And in most cases, each generation has to learn the same things over and over again. It's just stupid. So, yeah, that's the problem. Now, Well, one thing you said, though, too, you know, when you're talking about this vision... One of the things I heard from you is yeah. everybody, regardless of where you're at in the process, is qualified to mentor someone. Mm, yeah. Because we can mentor somebody if we're in the same place, but we've had some different experiences. Or it's not like we have to go and be the guru on top of the mountain, but maybe I'm one or two steps ahead of somebody else because I'm, I'm walking through something, haven't really figured it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what you're saying is, with all this experience that's locked up across these generations, mm-hmm. if we can also recast the vision that, hey, what if I just found one person oh, totally. to be in relationship with, spend some time with, mentor, yeah. right? Which, and you take away the pressure of being the expert and being prescriptive and teaching or making decisions for people as they're thinking about life, marriage, career, mm-hmm. right? And maybe that's something that that understanding of mentorship might hold some people back from just being in like what you talked about this mutuality mm-hmm. of being together with you know one person at a time yeah that's a great point it's just one caveat and and uh, uh, men in particular a lot of men not all men are not good listeners And that can really, uh, again, the idea is not to solve a problem. Men Mm want to 
uh, here's your problem and here's the solution. That is not what this is about. That might be more consulting. This is spiritual. And so um, I've got a whole chapter on that. Um, uh, but you're right. Uh, we all have something to give by virtue of, uh, and you know, my, uh, if I may, my effectiveness, John, has not been that I'm uh, smarter or older and wiser. My guys will tell you, and they do in the book, two of my main guys each wrote a chapter, uh, what they say is that no, Pete was real. He was honest. He was vulnerable. And we did life together. We watched him do life. We were there when he got diagnosed. We were there through all the ups and downs. Mm -hmm. And it was through uh, him uh, demonstrating life in Christ. So... Um, by way of definition of mentoring, I've alluded to this, uh, but let's first of all say what it isn't. Again, uh, to be clear, it isn't teaching. Teaching is imparting information. It's one way you test to find out how effective your teaching was mm -hmm. or the learning. Same with discipleship. Uh, it's the same thing in a biblical context. You're imparting biblical principles. Mentoring is more interactive. Again, it's doing life together. So what is mentoring? If anything, I say a mentor is a spiritual guide. I like that guide. And it's the idea of follow me follow Christ. A mentor is led by the Holy Spirit and leads by the Holy Spirit. And then here's a, an important distinction, um, and that is that mentoring is not about the mentor's agenda. It is about the mentee's agenda. And so it's the idea of coming alongside another guy, another human being, and entering into their story, but asking, hey, where are you? And where do you want to go? And how can I help you get there? It's just that simple in concept. So big difference. And when you're in those conversations or people you've mentored mm -hmm. and somebody says, hey, Pete, this is where I want to get to. Right. And here's how I need to get here, but here's what's standing in my way. Yeah. And you said, hey, it's not about solving problems. It's right. not about teaching. Right. Although there, there could be elements of Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Right? There are. What has allowed you to kind of stay in that place where you're really maybe listening and asking questions versus kind of going to that a lot of our default modes right to just start saying well i had the same thing happen to me oh. here's how i got through it does, am i making does that oh make sense? yeah and that is that is so tempting and so not what they want to hear uh, first of all they want to be heard that's the whole idea we all want to be heard and nobody's listening so you spend most of the time listening and understanding where they are in their story. Again, that template, the stages of a man's spiritual development. I almost always use that to help understand where they are, how they got there, but where they're going. And this is the spiritual journey. And so there's some great vernacular in that there are three stages without getting into them but just to give you an idea there's the heroic journey which we all take this whole thing is about um, 
upward mobility and downward mobility, where up is bad and down is good. This is God's economy. And so we start out in the heroic journey, mm-hmm. and that's where we're actually the hero. Yeah. Well, we're not, but we think we are. And then the second stage, invariably, the crisis of limitation, right. which is unnecessary, and uh, that helps us to find who we really are, uh, separates our false self from our true self. And then the third phase, we start down the wisdom journey. Uh, so that's the context. And it's so tempting to, this is your problem. This is your solution. Mm -hmm. This is what I did uh, wrong. They need to work it out and own it. So I think we were talking about the definition. I'd like to actually throw two of them out uh, just so we have it. The first one, biblical, and the second one is kind of mine, but this would be a biblical, if you will, pulling out of uh, Thessalonians uh, reference, uh, chapter 2, verses, combination of verses 8, 11, and 12. But just listen to these, this wording. I think it really captures. So mentoring is, and this is paraphrased, um, but mentoring is exhorting, encouraging, imploring, so that you can walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom of glory. Now, my version of that, which is similar, is uh, mentoring is a life-on-life spiritual friendship through which one offers what he has, experience, encouragement, wisdom, and even failures, so that another may become all that God created him to be. So that's my best um, definition. But to understand uh, mentoring, the third thing I'd like to do is just talk about the attitude of a mentor. What is the attitude? And in a word, it's humility. And this is really important because if we don't come off as one beggar uh, trying to show another beggar where to get bread, it's a different deal. It's not mentoring. So, what, what do you mean by that, Pete? Well, um, get into it a little bit more. Okay. Um, uh, again, a mentor, not so much a teacher or a discipler. Uh, here's the deal. The um, mentor should be more of a student than a teacher. And here is what I mean. He should, first of all, be a student of Christ Jesus, first and foremost. I mean, we're, we're talking about spiritual mentoring here. We're not right. talking about, all right. And then he should be a student of his mentee. And so he should literally study his mentee and his mentee's story in order to enter into it. So not a teacher, but a student. And to go on, uh, as I said, mentoring is more the attitude of one beggar telling another beggar where to get bread. In fact, where he got bread. The bread Mm -hmm. of life. Mm -hmm. So it's the idea of having been guided by Christ. How can I then in turn guide the mentor's attitude or the mentee's attitude out of Acts uh, should ideally be, how can I unless someone guides me? Mm -hmm. So this idea of having 
been guided by the Lord Jesus, now guiding. And it's an awesome experience. So just to wrap this up, your life, the life of a mentor, uh, has been formed by Christ. And now with Christ, you are being used to help form another person's life. So humility. And let me just add a point here, John, uh, a word of caution. And again, this is for men. Uh, I don't know anything about women. Just ask my wife. Uh, (laughs) But it's very tempting for a man, particularly a man who is somewhat accomplished it's uh, just human nature to come into a mentoring re- relationship from on high. And by that I mean from a lofty position of superiority. It doesn't work. No one wants to be on the receiving end of that. As I said, we first of all want to be heard and understood and not told what to do. We've been told, and uh, so that'll kill a relationship. In fact, that'll keep it from ever getting started along the lines of this mentoring. So, Pete, as you, you know, you've had a very successful career in different things that you've done in business and ministry. I'm sure many people you sat across from like this, you know, looked at you as you know, your deep experience, your wisdom, your Mm. expertise in areas. Mm. What allowed you to step into that relationship? And even you probably even had people that um, wanted or expected you probably to Uh, come from that place. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a great question. And you set it, you were able to set it aside and there was a reason for that. Yeah. Uh, You know, first of all, um, yeah, thanks for that. But you know, I haven't been all that successful, um, kind of a jack-of-all-trades. Um, I thought I could have been more uh, CEO-type. Um, and don't we all? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, God just didn't have that for me. Um, uh, I remember in the, there were times that like in my career, I shot myself in the foot or, or I'd shoot you in the foot. You know what I mean? And so I've been honest about that. And I think that's where guys have related to me. I know I come across that way, but it's not long before um, saying, hey, I'm just another guy. And furthermore, I mean, in other areas too, marriage has been hard. God bless her. 51 years. And yet it's been a sacred marriage. And so I'm honest about that. It's not long before guys are going, whoa, this is a real dude. Mm -hmm. And I relate to him. And he relates to me. So that's what I would say about me. And that is a key. No matter how successful you are, boy, you hold yourself up. And the other guy's going, well, I, I can't do this. I can't. I'm not him, and I can't be him. But if he realizes that, you know, I've had some stuff. And a lot of this is around woundedness. Right. I had a huge uh, father wound. So uh, most guys do to one degree or another. And that's a real point of uh, connection, mm-hmm. real mm-hmm. point of connection. Yeah. So that's that caveat. Um, So I came across, and I'm sorry, um, I don't have the source on this, but it doesn't matter. I could have made it up. But I came across this (laughs) survey, and it's really to your point right there. And so they surveyed a bunch of mentees, if you will, I hate that word, mentee, but whatever. And they asked them what they really appreciated in a mentor. 
okay? And there are, I don't know, 10 of them. I'm just going to name them. But uh, listen to them, guys, um, and then figure out what's missing, okay? So the first one, what they appreciate, consistent, stable, affirming, belief in me, acceptance of where I am, sees me as a person of value, is fun, is a person of character, and isn't always right, but is honest. So what's missing? Smart, wisdom, community. No, that's not what they're looking for. They're not looking for answers, but to engage with them. And so I thought that that uh, it was very, very, very telling. Yeah, I love that. They want people to be, well, I know this is what I look for too, is um, people to be real. Yes. I mean, like, I'm a fan of extreme vulnerability because <laughs> I think that opens up deep relationship. Absolutely. And I also, I want that mentor to see things in me, like believe in me until I believe in myself more. Oh. Or to see a potential in me that I've had a hard time acknowledging. Uh-uh. But they just keep pressing into that and encourage me and exhorting me toward taking small steps toward that until I start to see that there might be a possible, even not, not that it is possible, that it might be. And some of the most amazing mentors in my life are those people that are both those, right? They're listening and they're asking questions. And I think also being in that place of being comfortable, not being the expert. Because guess what? The expert is in the room and it's not us. It's Holy Spirit. (laughs) And when we can listen not to respond or to answer a question, but we can listen to ask a deeper question, a better question, especially in partnership with the Holy Spirit. I think some of the most powerful questions I've ever been asked have been like almost out of right field. Mm -hmm. Like the person I'm sitting with, and you've probably experienced this, and you just, God gives you a nudge and you go, hmm. This curiosity wells up and you go, well, John, what about this? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wow, that was the one. Mm-hmm. Because I think in these kind of dialogues where we're listening and asking questions, God uses that to just pull things up from deep and help us to connect it ourselves, mm-hmm. which is a transformational process. Amen. Oh. So we don't have to show up and be the guru. No. Because because we can never out-guru the actual guru, right? Who's yeah. God, who's, yeah. who's going to be there in the conversation. Yeah. And, you know, when you're working in your giftedness, which we're going to talk about now, uh, it uh, the flow, it's just natural. It's supernatural. And it isn't work. In fact, it is, as you said, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh So in this last uh, session, I do want to get a little more personal, but um, I've got it kind of headed. It's about story. And so let me just say a few things. And then, um, yeah, mentoring is all about story. It's about the mentor entering into the mentee's story in the context of God's greater story. It's about helping your protege find meaning in his story and that it's not random, um, that God has been orchestrating his story all along and um, has a plan. So this is something that I've adopted over the years that applies John and, and everybody listening. I believe this with all my heart, and that is that God has a unique purpose for everybody. And when I say unique, unique only to them. Look, we are all created uniquely, right? Unique from one another. No two people are the same. And 
God has a unique purpose for each person according to his uh, uniqueness, his gifts, his talents, his abilities, his experiences, and his passion. And so much so, and this goes to purpose and calling, right? That if we don't get on that purpose, mm -hmm. that calling, it won't get done, not for time or eternity, because only we can do it. And that, to me, is so motivating, empowering, yeah, scary on the one hand, but having found my calling fairly early on, namely mentoring, I've experienced that. And it's been the most fulfilling thing. And every time I get off of that, it, it does not go well. Uh, people think I um, you know, would make a good uh, being on a, a board of directors. And, and I have been. And uh, I made the mistake recently. I mean, a couple of years ago, somebody asked me to. And uh, yeah, I just said I would, and it did not go well. And I resigned after two months. I just said, I am so sorry, but I have stepped out of my calling. And they uh, uh, just, yeah, it just, they didn't need me really. They had, they were just adding someone, and it just was so unfulfilling. Mm -hmm. And well, I turned around and actually mentored that guy and that was the deal. So not to be confused. Um, so yeah, uh, this idea of getting on your calling. All right, so uh, here's um, the other thing about that, John. I do a lot of uh, work with men around their calling mm -hmm. uh, to help them discover their calling. And um, it largely comes down to passion. What are you passionate about that God is passionate about? In other words, to find your calling, your passion, what do you love that God loves? Or conversely, what do you hate that God hates? Mm, mm -hmm. And for example, it could be children, right? And you love kids. Well, then you would hate any form of abuse of kids. And so there might lie your calling with kids. Now, for me, as I said, it's men, I, you know. Yeah, I'm married, <laughs> but just this, this burden for men, and it has become a passion, and yet it's hard. It's frustrating. Men are tricky, I know. <laughs> I are one. You are one. Um, it can be very frustrating, but... Um, rewarding and the legacy, frankly, when I think of some of my guys who are now going on and mentoring, and it's just so uh, fulfilling uh, for me and to think that that will continue. That's quite a legacy. How do you, you know, when you think of that legacy, all the people you've mentored, the lives that God has brought across your life. Yeah. Right. What you know is your, you know where you're at now. What what goes through your mind? Yeah. You know, I'm getting so much um, feedback. I mean, more than feedback. Guys are just going out of their way. Again, I'm so grateful for this time. Had I just, you know, croaked. Um, maybe not so much, but um, I mean, guys are just saying, "Wow, I wouldn't be where I am." Um, having processed the 
father wound. I've gotten a lot of guys to actually write letters to their uh, fathers to reconcile. And um, one of them just um, uh, two weeks ago, and sure enough, his father just died. And so I get this amazing uh, letter from the guy. And really, lots of uh, letters and sentiments. And, and so, yeah, gratifying on the one hand, humbling, uh, but this idea of perpetuating. And so that's what I'm trying to do here, even with you today, is to recast this vision because I'm not sure there's anything uh, more important other than family. Again, as I said in the beginning, life on life, one on one, I think, is the most effective uh, way of uh, growing in Christ. So, mm -hmm. yeah. so back to the beginning. Yeah, it is true that uh, I am a short-timer, actually uh, probably a matter of, of weeks, um, diagnosed with a pretty good dose of prostate cancer 12 years ago, obviously been in a lot of treatment. Um, and hey, um, it's got me this far, but there's... Uh, not a lot of road ahead, and so I have foregone treatment. Um, mm -hmm. I did actually four months ago and was not even supposed to uh, last that long, just two to four weeks. So I've had a reprieve, and it's been rich, but I'm now back to kind of where I was. And so sometime... Uh, in through here, but I guess I just want you guys to know that, that at least I'm coming out right, and so can you. I mean, I feel like my work is done, and it's a wonderful feeling, I mean, importantly around relationships, but what God has had for me I've been able to mostly get on and complete mostly around this mentoring idea and uh, it's a it's a great great feeling so uh, if I had to say the key to um, life I mean my life and if I may, uh, life in Christ mm -hmm. is actually death. So the key to life is death. I mean, he demonstrated that. He came to what? Die, that we might have life. And so in the same way, I feel like we need to die to self. And there uh, you know, the words that go with that, I like Richard Rohr's, that the key to all spirituality is surrender. Well, that's a form of dying to self, right? And for men, I think that's largely a matter of giving up control. We're such control freaks. And mm -hmm. so when we do that, we die to self in marriage, which I've had to learn the hard way, and my son has actually taught me that the key to marriage is to die early and die often. Isn't that great? Yeah. To recognize that, whoa, here is the wills conflicting and to uh, die. And so now, you know, I'm literally dying. and um, But having died before I'm going to die, not completely, hey, I'm, <laughs> but it makes dying, literally, a lot easier because it's more of the same. Mm. It's more of the same. And so there's a lot to that, but 
that would be if I had one thing to say, one theme, I would encourage the guys, anybody listening, to really explore what that means to die to self and to the extent to which you do, you live all the more yeah. with him. Oh my goodness, the, I wish you all were here. I think the joy, mm. the peace, mm. almost like this uh, vibrancy mm. that's in your face just as you're sharing mm. this, i got to tell you, is so cool. inspiring. Cool. I mean, it just shows... I can just see the, you know, the light of Father God who's enthroned in you right now. Mm -hmm. His passion, his joy, his, mm. right, is coming out mm. just as you've shared everything that, mm. or part of, we can't do everything in just, uh, you know, an hour. I would love to do this if you're open, yeah. is uh, everybody listening right now has heard this and they can hear this joy, this peace, mm. this assurance, mm. right, this legacy you've created. Would you lead everybody in a prayer? Mm, absolutely. Who wants to, hey, I want to die to self. I want mm. to step into that, like Christ said, that life fully alive. Because that's a life in Him, trusting Him. Mm. And for even if you would like those folks listening who don't know if they really have stepped into that full relationship, accepted Christ as Lord mm. and Savior. You bet. If you could lead us into whatever prayer is on your heart, I'd love to end that way. You bet. You bet. You know, one thing that comes to mind um, that I'd like to just quickly say, and that is, so I have lived uh, 76 years, uh, not all in uh, faith, but my journey has been one of uh, transformation, and the key has been this process of dying to self and uh, one thing I want everybody to know everybody who has placed their faith in Jesus Christ I'm telling you for those who haven't it is not only the way uh, he is not only the way the truth and the life but he is the only way. Forget heaven. It's the only way to really get through this life in a meaningful, significant. Um, so I, w I would just encourage you, if you haven't come to faith, and then having come to faith, it has occurred to me, I mean, I just want you folks to know, and I'll do this in the form of a prayer, and that is that God is real. He is really real. He is faithful. It occurs to me that he is faithful if nothing else. All of his other attributes are wrapped up in his faithfulness. He is faithful to save you, to redeem you, to start a good work in you, to complete a good work in you, to go and prepare a place for you. And he's been so faithful to me, particularly toward the end here. And so it's in his faithfulness that we place our faith. And I would encourage you to do that and then take this journey of transformation where we start out thinking it's about us, only natural. We need to explore our power possibilities, but it only leads to our false self. That's not who we are. Who we are is who we are in Christ. That's our true self, Lord. And so we 
commit this time. I pray that y'all out there would consider this uh, a life not necessarily well lived, but toward the end here in this in this process of just dying to self. It's it's the key to life. And I thank you, John, for this uh, time, this opportunity, and your heart and your story, and I look forward to getting to know you better. Yes, me too. Okay. Thank you, Pete. You bet. This is awesome. And everybody out there listening, as you listen to this, please, this was powerful. Mm-hmm. Think of who came to mind of that person that you could reach out to and have a mentoring relationship. Right. Somebody you'd like to invite into your life. And, and I, think it should be, uh, I think it should be a triangle, almost. I think what's always been modeled to me, Pete, is I have somebody who's mentoring me, and then I am mentoring somebody else. There you go. And so imagine if everybody out there, even if you have some of those relationships, you know what, we can always add one, I think. I mean, we have time. This is about, I think, especially right now with everything going on in the world. You know, I think back to Second Chronicles, right? Mm-hmm. If we would pray, mm-hmm. if we would seek God's face, mm-hmm. and we would turn from our wicked ways. And, and, and in that scripture, he's, uh, he's referring to the body of Christ, mm-hmm. not the world in general. This is us believers, and God says, if we do that, he will heal our land. Amen. And our land needs healing. <laughs> our relationships need healing. Our cities need healing. Our, I mean, there's so much. And I feel that God's hand of favor on this country is being pulled away. And the bo- it's up to an awakening in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody, I, I think there's a lot of people, this might be my opinion, praying for revival in the country to like sweep across like a wildfire. Okay, we're praying for that. What needs to happen, if you look at how that's going to happen, that has to be preceded by an awakening inside the church. Amen. And you talked about mentoring as one of the, this catalyst yeah. for a personal awakening, right. a transformation, growing to maturity, connecting to our purpose and our passions. And so you could, we can, I hope you can all see how just, if everybody listening, tens of thousands of people around the world that listen to this podcast, just mentored one person. And what if those 10,000 people all said, you know what? This feels really good. I'm going to go mentor one more person. 10,000 times 10,000 is, what is that, 10 million? Yeah. Am yeah. I doing my math Ten, right? No, 10 million. Because a thousand is a million, yeah. So 10,000 of you who are listening, you go mentor one person over the next six months. Oh, man. And what if every one of those 10,000 went and did it with one more person? We're talking millions of lives impacted because I really believe that one person in partnership with the Father, acting, moving in God's will, can accomplish anything. Amen. I do so. Right? And that's what's happening. Right? And there's so much. I think God's going to... My, my view someday, you can tell me when, I, when you and I get to see each other again in a few weeks um, in heaven, is God shows you all those ripple effects. Yeah. That life that you haven't been in... Somebody you haven't been in touch right. with with years, but they think back about that time with Pete in that one conversation mm. that made me believe in myself just a little bit more mm. instead of giving up on my marriage giving up on myself, giving up on my career, I kept going forward. And look what happened. Mm-hmm. Right? And wow. I, I just have this so beautiful good. vision that God shows us, this beautiful web that he's very aware of, that he's a part of. It's how he answers prayer, I think. Mm, that is awesome. I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pete, God bless you. Yeah. So everybody out there listening, go mentor somebody and please... This was so powerful. Share it with a friend. Mm, yeah. Post this on your, this one I'd love you. I don't really ask our audience to do this mm. often. Post this on your social media. Put this on mm. all the different platforms that you have. Mm. Um, 
because I could just see a movement starting that starts with life one on one, mm. life on life, mm. and so on, and so on, and so on. Oh, that's so cool. Thank you, John. Love you, man. Yeah, love you too. Thank you.